This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Hey, After Buzzers, tonight the DCCW crossover comes to an epic conclusion and we say some goofy stuff. We're breaking down Legends of Tomorrow Season 2, Episode 7, Invasion. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Yes. Yes, the dulcet tones yeah. telling us that this this beautiful experience that we've shared together over this past mm. week has, as all things do, reached its end. We are going to talk about it. We're going to talk about how we feel. We're going to talk about oh, all boy. of the things that there are to talk about from this past week in DC TV. But first, I want to introduce this fantastic panel. Mm. I am Lex Michael, all over social media, at the Lex Michael, filling in in lead position for Frank Moran, who you can tweet at HappyGoJackie. Yeah. He has been abducted by the Dominators. We don't know where he is. But with me... Is <laughs> I'm Dave Child. You can find me at Mr. Dave Child or DaveChild.com. We didn't have enough budget to include all the characters, so that's why Frank's away <laughs> on this one. Much like the actual crossover, we can't have everyone in the same shot. Only a couple of times. <laughs> Don't worry, it's the only way we can do end. it. But we do have our own crossover. Ah. Right to our left. Who's this? Hey, it's Tari J. Miller. me my own dimensional crossover device. <laughs> yeah. And while I'm here, you can find me at Tari J. T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. You gotta talk that way throughout the entire episode. Though. I'll do my best. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'm just gonna talk in a normal voice because I can't top that. And as always, I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys, so you can find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. All right, so it's it's done. It's over. It's it done. happened. All right, bye. We've been through. Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye, everybody. That was fun. That was okay, good. Great job. All right. Woo. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, that was it. The crossover has come to its end. Before yes. we jump in, I want to get initial impressions from the three of you guys about this episode as an individual story and as a culmination of this crossover. How did you guys feel about it overall? I thought this was my favorite one out of all of the crossovers. I think I was like looking forward to the Legends one the most. And I guess it, it wraps everything up, but it actually felt like... It felt more like a crossover than the actual other episodes for me. Because I felt like all the other... Uh, well, at least with Arrow especially, kind of... Because it was their 100th episode. Right. It was like, it's an Arrow episode, really. But we're going to have a few crossover things and we're going to bring old Arrow cast members back 
and so we can have fun with those old ones. But this one actually felt like everyone was doing something. It had a lot of... You got to see all these arcs that were started in Flash and started in Arrow kind of, like, wrap up. And that was nice. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'd agree. Like, though, I I think that since I'm a big fighty-fighty punch-punch guy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, of the four, I think Flash is my favorite because it was all fighty-fighty punch-punch. Fighty-fighty punch-punch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... This episode really helped solidify, especially in in Barry's uh, storyline, how uh, how you know time travel is complicated. Right, and right, everyone right. came to realize that, and I I, I like that uh-huh. aspect of it. I mean, the the episode itself, um, I felt like there was a, a fairly satisfying end to the whole uh, the whole arc of the the crossover. There was a lot of heart to it, and I also felt like there were a lot of really fun moments that you. I, th- I think are very unique to Legends, yeah. um, especially because all of them have their own sort of humor, and this one really embraced the like the wacky goofiness, and I liked that. I forget sometimes mm. until characters from the other shows show up that Legends is yeah. an odd. It's an odd beast. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the goofy one, and that's what I love about it. And I love how they didn't lose that, but they also were able to wrap up some really good story arcs that started on the Flash and then Arrow. So. It actually took itself seriously a little bit, and it worked because we still did have way inappropriate Mick lines. The cute mm. little dorks like Ray made it for me. You look yes. like a star spangled idiot. Yes, I oh, want that man. as a superhero name. Did he? <laughs> oh boy, did he? So, oh, we got the reveal of we because this is the first time we actually see the steel, the new outfit, yeah, outfit on him, and I. It's weird. It's weird. It's bulky, and it's. Uh, I'm not a fan. No, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm not a fan. Without the helmet, it wouldn't be so bad. But the color scheme is off. It kinda, yeah, yeah. Kind of looks like he could hmm. fall over. It kind of yeah. looks like his his head is too heavy, and he might just tip <laughs> over. And also, when he's not all silvered up. The arms are that's, just like... That's when it bothers me is when he's not steeled up. When he's steeled up, it, it's like, all right, this is all... This looks all of a piece. When he's human skin, it yeah. looks... It, it doesn't looks like he's on him. his way to Magic Mike. Really? Yeah. I prefer yes. it without the steel. Really? Most, yes. Yeah. Mostly because, especially in the facial area, right. because it becomes this weird, like, shiny, uh, like, beard. Yes. And you can see... Um, shiny beard. I yeah. just realized what he looks like. This entire time, I'm like, he looks so familiar... And I can't place it. And he looks like Mega Man. Yes. yes. He yes. looks exactly so, yes, he like does. Mega Man, except so. without the cannon. It's almost like someone requested Mega Man as part of a weird strip tease, and that this is the outfit they <laughs> right. came up with, you know, because when you made the Magic Mike comment, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, he, he's a Mega Man burlesque. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. like specific, like, right after he beat Star Man. <laughs> <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. It's very specific cosplay. My, my right. assumption is that this will be, you know how like Barry had his proto uniform, which was basically like a helmet and some tights and some pads? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get, yeah, there's Mega Man. Yep. Yeah. If, there yeah. he is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually really similar. It's very, like he's just, mm-hmm. he's exactly just sexy like Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my assumption, nay, my hope is that at some point Steel will get upgraded, upgraded duds. Welcome so. to the Legends of Tomorrow panel, Tori. This is actually <laughs> what, is what we do. It's much more like fashion police uh, uh-huh. on superhero costumes. Indeed. <laughs> we see who makes it yeah. work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want him to be reverse Colossus, where he just wears a shirt, no pants, and <laughs> right. Um, yeah, with those buns of steel. Buns of steel. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag buns of steel. <laughs> Hashtag buns of steel. All right. Send me your tweets. 
Buns of steel. So, okay, so let's, let's jump into the story of, of the episode. We see that our heroes who have escaped from the Dominator ship in the yeah. previous episode, saved by the Wave Rider, everybody reunites, and Nate says, well, I looked at the footage, and we've, we've pinpointed the Dominator's location in the past, 1951 yeah. in Oregon. But right around this point in the story, Dave, is where some of this stuff that you were alluding to starts to happen, where it seems like we're, we're sidelining some people right up top. Right, right. Well, there tends to be just... For one, you have this weird... Oh, Ollie. Oh, Oliver. You have this weird thing with like, I want to talk to you, Supergirl, before we go any further. I think we should have a talk because my feelings are hurt and I do not know how to express it, so I'm going to take it <laughs> off on you because you're new, you're more powerful than me, and you scare me, and I'm a guy. But, In that sense, yeah. it's maybe the most on-brand thing Oliver Queen has oh ever done. Oh, my yeah. God. Yep. Oh, it annoyed me. It was such like, it was the most whiny, nice guy thing to do where it's just like, I feel, you're making me feel uncomfortable and you should you should recognize my emotions, so just, you know, stay away for a second. He needed a safe space. Yeah, I guess. And, and see, this is what annoyed me, is the last two episodes on Flash and Arrow was the first time I really liked Oliver Queen. I was yeah. still questioning if Human Target was in the Oliver mask. Right. But this episode was like, well, that's Oliver I know, the douchey. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he was nice in the last episode where yeah. he got to really, because he got to kind of mope. And that was the point of the episode. It was like a good old mope session. And this time when he's in like a fun... I feel like whenever he's in a fun show, he never quite knows what to do. Because yeah. like, everyone is having fun. What? Yeah. That's not what we do here. <laughs> I'm going to listen to my death cap and have emotion. <laughs> oh, no. It, you know, I I can buy Oliver Queen not knowing how to handle himself in that situation, but for me, it did feel it felt a little arbitrary. Maybe and also, like what what arc did that have? There was no arc there. It, it felt like we really got only two good scenes with with uh, Supergirl and uh, Green Arrow in the beginning, and then at the end. So all we got was like. I feel uncomfortable around you. And then at the end, I'm feeling comfortable around you. It's yeah. okay. So there was no story there. There was no, like, it wasn't a B, it wasn't a C. It was just this weird, oh, we, we got to give Green Arrow something. Yeah, what? I did like that Kara saved him. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah. no, great. Yeah, I was just going to say, that was a good burn, because she just looks at him like, yeah, I did that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I feel like, Especially since last night we had uh, Wild Dog being super weird around the meta. Like, I feel right. like there's a quota that they have. And they're like, all right, someone's got to feel real weird around new people. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I also... Who's the racist one in this episode? <laughs> yeah. Who's got to yeah. be racist? Who's the racist straw? <laughs> oh, guess it's me. me. John Racist. Yes. I was like, Good old racist. Uh, John Racist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like, I, I have to appreciate it from a certain standpoint. Uh, I always, I always have to defend it from a, from a, from, from the writer standpoint. Like, uh -huh. she is the most powerful. She is the one who could essentially turn the tide. And you want to make sure that everyone else has their time to shine and and be uh, like, you know, important. Because right. she could have just flown around, blowing up all of the alien ships. And that's your hour, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that, that's true. But then it would also have been like, I don't know. I, I just felt like all they needed was was to have Oliver go like, listen, you need to stay in this timeline in case, in case stuff really gets crappy. 
and you're our big guns. You need to be here. Let's focus up. And that's enough. It doesn't need to always be drama. It doesn't need to be like a drama relationship. But at, that was my, the one weak point of this episode. I yeah, I, I ultimately I agree with you guys. I am okay with it conceptually, but I wish it had been handled a little bit more right. organically. Instead, yeah. it did feel to me a little bit like a way to sideline Supergirl for the first half or so of the episode. On a similar note... All we hear about Thea is that we dropped her off at home. Oh, that's what you were alluding to. Okay. Seems real (laughs) odd to me, Uh, especially considering how excited she was to go fight aliens before. Yeah, well, I think she got got burnt out pretty fast after being, like, in a cocoon and killing, seeing her parents die again, (laughs) I think, and killing her, her biological father. Like sure. in in this dreamscape too. I think she was like, okay, now I remember why I quit. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you're in an eating contest and everyone's having a good time, and you're like, oh, I just had one hot dog too many, and now you're in the corner vomiting. That's uh, her, but with emotions. Yeah, and and honestly, she's probably like, you guys already have an arrow person. I'm gonna. <laughs> you don't sure. need like red arrows in this in this scenario. <laughs> Just throw off his whole like superhero fight scene. Yeah, it's. I think fair enough. It's she doesn't even show up to like the ceremony at the end. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, she doesn't even get to be a Chewbacca at the end. (laughs) (laughs) But so, all right. So she's she's home. She's enjoying herself. She's relaxing. She's having some cocoa while all this is going on. So we figured out where the Dominators are in the past, and we know that they're seeking information on metahumans. So the plan is to go back in time and abduct one so that we can interrogate it to determine more about their agenda. Right, because that's the only place where they know they are for sure. Right. And I actually really like how they set this up. Because in the first episode, or the Flash episode, uh, we get, we, we uh, it, they establish that, oh, we have had them come in 1940s. And as soon as they showed that, I was like, oh, that's where we're going to go with the time ship. When we get to the time travel people, and it, they did that, and it was I thought I thought it was a good choice. I'm surprised it wasn't in Roswell. Yeah, that, yeah. the Oregon thing was weird. I was like, why didn't they just go with Roswell? Because that's a, a common story, and right. I mean, there's memorabilia all over the city. Because Maybe it's because they they didn't want to go to a desert. <laughs> right. Maybe it was just because it's like, well, we have a forest to be by, so let's make it Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> also, Roswell's real cliche, guys. It's been done. Right, right, yeah. totally. And there's one thing that these DC shows never do is cliche. <laughs> totally. Never. Totally. Never. <laughs> never embrace them. <laughs> so, so Nate takes Amaya and Mick, and they go back to 1951, and they bring along Cisco and Felicity and we get to watch them nerd out excessively. That was cute. That was cute. I want more of them two together. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah. Yeah. There were a number of times tonight where we saw Cisco paired with a character and we'd be midway through the scene and I'd go, oh... I've never seen Cisco interact with this person before and it's great and why doesn't Cisco have a show? Cisco is like... Yeah, he's become my favorite character especially since they gave him depth in After Flashpoint... He's he's actually and that that actor's really strong and he's able yes. to like yeah. carry uh, Carlos Valdez. Yeah, whatever is thrown at him, he's able to also move between. Oh, I'm I'm geeking out, I'm nerdy, but also I've got feelings. Yeah, because mm-hmm. him in the Kevin Smith Killer Frost episode was just phenomenal, and it's only getting yeah. better. I'm like, you know, I like Cisco, and I always have, but now he's become more than the comic relief. 
Right. Yeah. It's nice. And he's more than just the, the geeky guy that names stuff. Yeah. Which is a trope that I was getting sick of. Yeah, I just miss Dick Wells with him because that's my favorite, you know, uh, relationship, the two of them. Good old Dick yeah. Wells. Yeah. So doesn't get deeper than the Dick <laughs> Wells. Better than the hipster Wells, you know. You got to right. name them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree with you guys. I'm really enjoying that Cisco's getting to... We're seeing different sides of Cisco's character. It's interesting, Dave, I haven't gotten to talk to you about the previous episodes. Yeah. Cisco in particular has been pretty divisive as far as audience response to the yeah. way the writers have been handling his character, and a lot of people are very grumpy that Cisco is is so grumpy himself. Wanted to get... Now that right. we've, we've watched this arc itself to more or less a conclusion for now, I wanted to get everybody's take on Cisco specifically on his emotional arc through these three episodes. Yeah, I mean he's been he's been a little he's been a little hurt the entire time, but he does have a lot to process. And I do the one time I found it strange, I actually felt it was okay to have him be a little grumpy around Barry and uh, still kind of into what's going on. I did find it strange that he didn't immediately see the irony of of going back in time. Like he, so like, oh, time travel. I'm definitely in on that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when he said it in this episode, I was like, whoa, dude, realize what you're saying right now. And I feel like he that was that was a bit of a writing kind of shortcut because we all know where we're heading. But I wish he was just like, I don't know. Do we need? I wish he was like kind of scared of time travel now. Sure. Like, he kind of was wary of it. And then he still goes along with it, still geeks out, gets into it too much, and then um, and then kind of messes up and is able to relate to Barry in that way. So it was nice to see the arc end and not to have him be, like, an angry guy from this on this point on. But, I, yeah, that was the one point I, I felt like was uncomfortable. Sure. Interesting. I actually liked that he was very laissez-faire. Laissez yep, that's the term I'm going sure, with. Go uh, for it. About um, time travel. Because you could tell the whole time that he has been really like down on Barry. He didn't understand the weight that that uh, was on Barry's shoulders. So like, yeah. I liked that he was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this and maybe something will happen. Hooray! And then he... Because it, it made him have that realization a lot more smoother. Because if he was scared of it and then he had gone back in time and been like, my fears are confirmed. Then I would have been like, where did those fears come from? Like, Because it wasn't mm. established. But, um, I mean, that's just my feeling. But, like, I I liked uh, his, his whole arc. I agree with you that he um, definitely had a lot more depth, and that was kind of what Lex was getting at. And in our previous shows, like, a lot of, especially on panels and things, like, everyone wanted him to be the, the comic relief. And I like right. him as the comic relief. But, like, the moment that we saw him get murdered in, in that one timeline that was erased, you knew that this kid had chops. Yeah. And so, like, I, I'm glad that he gets to really, like, splash around and play and, and be such a, la- a layered character, and, and we get to really enjoy that. And so seeing him go through this arc, I, I didn't... I, I never disbelieved it for a second. Right. Any of his feelings, because they were so genuinely played, and his the writing allowed us to have the slow burn. We got uh, another piece of it added on when he found out that it, his brother died because of Barry, and then we got to see him kind of live in Barry's shoes. Because didn't he also initially, um, you kind of got the sense that he wanted Barry to go back in time and save his brother. 
Yeah. So that was his big... He wanted to use time travel in that sense. Right. And then when he found out time travel was used incorrectly, that's and to save his own family instead of his brother, that's where he got, like, uncomfortable. Yeah. So I guess if I was reminded of that, but I guess I was just kind of... Because I've been seeing him grumpy over time travel in general yeah. these last couple mm-hmm. of episodes, I've been kind of like, oh, why is he suddenly not grumpy about it? I guess I wish it was more focused on on the family aspect of it, but yeah, I guess it's yeah. there. It is there. So, did you guys ultimately feel then the resolution itself, where we end that story, where Cisco ultimately does realize, you know, the 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 magnitude of what he did is similar to what Barry did. He ultimately acknowledges that the two of them can still be friends. Yeah. Does all that stuff play for you guys? I liked it in this episode. I agree with Tori. It's like it made so much uh, more sense for Cisco to be super excited about time travel because he's always excited about these things and aliens and then to not realize the weight of that until he himself had done it and then to realize the the true weight of what it is to be a hero like Barry or Oliver or Kara. I mean, you know, I really like to see that when we see the side players kind of get that to be in that role. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. so while we've got all of this going on, we've got our, our one team back in the 50s. We've got another team that's going to meet with the new president. We've also mm-hmm. got, over here, we've got Stein dealing with like this very, like this, this quiet character drama happening in the middle of this like big cosmic sci-fi story. I, I love that. Yeah. I really like that because we were, they were building up to, in Legends, that, that, that he was getting flashes of this woman. I think you guessed that it was going to be a daughter. And was that, that was, me? I think that was, it was one of us guessed a In daughter. one of the timelines, it was me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I think so. And I was, uh, and that's exactly what it ended up being. And I like that he had to go through kind of recognizing a daughter, like kind of adjusting to it. And I did think he was being a bit too much of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. He's but, Dickenstein. Yeah, but he is a Dickenstein. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's <laughs> a Dickenstein. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I, uh, and I, I guess that was. I think you can process that. You can see that as him trying to deal with his emotions mm-hmm. by, by being very scientific and being very like, oh well, I just got it. She's. I can't just wait until I have emotions about a daughter. I'd rather just cut her out of my life and just focus on that. So I guess that that made sense. And I thought I thought that was really well done. I just it was actually like a bit of a character drama feelings discussion that makes sense in like uh in the larger like sci-fi scape that i it wasn't distracting for me sure what about you guys um i i also liked it mm-hmm. um i i think what i liked the most about it is that there's that moment when he says that she's not real and you realize that what with them traveling through time and meeting so many people in other timelines um you you realize how how foggy it is in terms of like what is an actual anchor to a timeline and so like he's she is just basically to him at that moment a shadow um that he's going to fix or like a blemish that he's going to wipe away at some point and so like i got why he was being so distant because you don't want to uh this is a weird analogy but (laughs) you don't you don't want to uh take a puppy home if you're gonna have to give it back you know, yeah. I thought you were gonna say kill the puppy. <laughs> well, I was like, it's not that weird well, to be was, like take a puppy home. I was like, are you gonna? Because like this is real weird, but you don't well, want to take a puppy home and murder. disembowel it <laughs> and then cook it up and serve it to your children. I yeah. mean, I know that's weird, but you don't want to do stuff, that. Tari. Um, I, I, I save the dark stuff for for home. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say for the Legends podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where it fits the most. Also, can we talk about, before we move off of this, that... Uh, we we now have Steinpoint. Yes, we yes. have effectively created Steinpoint. Steinpoint. <laughs> Steinpoint, where he's created his own daughter. Steinpoint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Make it a thing, guys. Never, hashtag, uh, hashtag Steinpoint. Steinpoint. <laughs> hashtag Steinpoint. So the two of them team up to essentially develop a, a nano weapon that they can use against the Dominators. And that's, we see the two of them bond over the work. And there's a really cute moment that's late in the episode where they have this moment of epiphany yeah. together, father and daughter simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. And Victor Garber's wonderful, wonderful actor. Yeah, yeah. That, that was adorable. But am I the only one that, as soon as I knew she was into nanotechnology, I was like, well, her and Ray. And that'll be fun because Stein is always making fun of him. As big as they're this big. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah they're tiny, like little, tiny, they're, they're Adam people. Tiny What's little the, kisses. Yeah. Tiny little kisses because they're tiny little superheroes. <laughs> tiny little kisses. I what like, is I, the I ship name for this? Um, Jesus. Tiny love. Yeah. Tiny, tiny love. love. Jeez. The yes, tiny, love tiny love ship. Tiny love. So, <laughs> I can't wait till tiny love happens. <laughs> Where's my daughter? Oh no. They're having sex on my glasses. <laughs> Why are they doing that? They're so tiny and having sex. Because is always like crapping on Ray. I'm like, I just, I just want that to happen. Because a, the tiny love, but two, it's like you could do a hashtag tiny love. Tiny hashtag love. You tiny could love. do a version of that movie that's about to come out with Brian Cranston and James Franco. Mm-hmm. Why him? But with Martin Stein Ex- and Ray Palmer. Exactly. I would watch um, that. James Franco and Ray Palmer are a lot alike. Are they? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all them tattoos. Yeah, I know. And bad boy attitudes. Yep. <laughs> so, so in the 1950s, uh, Nate, Amaya, and Mick are kidnapped by our shady government Hoosie fella. Yeah. Along with the Dominator, <laughs> or it was just, it was just a mixture of every smoking man. Uh, man in black, horn rim glasses guy from Heroes, all of them combined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agent Smith, and they actually call him Agent Smith. Yes. Yeah. So he abducts them along with the Dominator, and while they're all sitting in the same room together, they, they talk to the Dominator, who tells mm-hmm. them essentially that they were drawn to Earth by the emergence of the JSA. Right. Well, and also, well, they were drawn to Earth by the emergence of the JSA in the, that's actually in the 40s, right? Yes, and it, they, they came to essentially figure out whether or not metahumans would become a threat greater than one contained solely to Earth, whether right. it would actually threaten them. So, and then upon seeing the JSA in the original, I think, timeline, they were probably like, nah, they're cool. Right. Let's head out. Or at least they don't seem to be trying to conquer all well, of space. And they also said that they get a... Um, Together they came up with a... Uh, there was a truce. A truce, <laughs> yeah. yes. I was looking for the word truce. I couldn't find it. And uh, and then they were fine up until Flashpoint. Happened. Right, right. I mean, I feel like we are to assume that in the original timeline, Smith told the one that they saved, like, Take, tell your people that we mean them no harm... We will never threaten you, blah, blah, blah. And that's what, where the truth started. Right. So in saving him, that was where it was broken, right? Yeah. I think yes. that's, yeah. I th- uh, think? I, I, I mean, that's what I would I assume. Know. Yeah, because what did, what did, okay. So what did actually Cisco do 
to to cause trouble. So it seems well it seems like what they did was they they saved the dominator in the past uh-huh. and and took they, the and took that little like device. And if they hadn't been there to do that, then question mark. Then I guess the well the dominator never gets saved. Yeah. But does the dominator even get captured if they're not also there fighting it? No time well, travel. If my if my theory about the that dominator being the truce uh, messenger is correct. Then he never he never delivers that message. There's no one to broker that peace, right. and all he knows of humanity is that they are essentially monsters. So he escapes, and he's like, "Some people saved me, but the rest are terrible, terrible people." Let's gather our forces over the next sixty years and return and destroy all the metahumans. Oh, okay. seems right. And I like that Mystic Lightning in the chat also picked him for Cigarette Smoking Man from X Files. I right. was like, yeah, all the creepy FBI um, conspiracy theorists with the aliens combined. Agent right. Smith. So speaking of Agent Smith, <laughs> in the present we've got Oliver, Barry, Ray, and Sarah, and they're going to meet with who they think is the new president, but is in fact Agent Smith. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But old. But yes. old man version of Agent Smith. Old man Smith. Mm. Old man Smith. And we get we get some punchy fighty, kicky punchy. And yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I had to do a double take really quick uh, because I thought for a moment that Barry turned a bullet and pointed it at Homeboy's chest and at killed the, him. At his heart. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that is cold, But dude. I think it was just the shoulder. I really think it was a shoulder shot. So it uh, was fine. But it was like, it was a bit like, and now I'm evil. (laughs) 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 But that's what I was talking about before, about Legends is a little weird like that. Because it's the show, it's like the Batman 66 of the DCCW lineup. But every so often, Ray Palmer will shrink down and fly through someone like a bullet. Fly through a dude. (laughs) (laughs) And they won't be like, uh... Yeah, that's Batman. Yeah, no, it's okay. He was like a... It was like a Nazi or something. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. Or it was the Wild West, guys. It's like wild, the Wild West. Wild Wild West. It was brutal then. Wild Wild West. So they fight for a little bit. Barry, Barry admonishes Agent Smith for being so discourteous. Yeah. And then Agent Smith basically tells them the reason the Dominators are back is because of you, Barry. And more specifically, it's because of Flashpoint. Yeah. So we now tie Invasion uh, very Barry. directly yeah. into the Flashpoint storyline. And I imagine that's going to be fairly divisive as well, as Flashpoint has been in general so far... Now that the two stories are so tightly connected to each other, what, like, does that, how do you feel? What side of this great Flashpoint divide do you three come down on? I really like that they brought it up and sort of tied it in with this because, I mean, this is the time travel show. And I like that Stein later brings up, like, Stein point where he screwed this up. And, you know, that's just sort of what happens when you start time traveling, Barry. And then it's just so interesting to see how they're like, yep, it's all your fault, Barry. But it actually wasn't. <laughs> right. yeah. I, I the one thing I worry about with Flashpoint is that it, they're going to turn Barry into Oliver. That's what. Yeah. That's the one worry I have because when they keep stacking regret and guilt on Barry, he just like I even saw him in this episode when they're like it turns out everything was because of Flashpoint. You saw Barry just go ah oh, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, I just don't want him to get moody. I don't want him to get... 
I, I, and that Flash is starting to get moodier and starting to get a little like. Well, they allude yeah. a couple of times in this episode to the similarities in that sense between Oliver and Barry. Like right. at the very end of the episode, Diggle says, "You know, like I keep telling him, you have to forgive yourself." Yes. Uh, you know, or Kara referencing Barry being too hard on himself, the same way Oliver is, etc. He's like, oh, "That's what people normally tell me." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope I, I just hope that he stays light. That's my only concern with all the flashpoint stuff. I don't mind it though. I feel like they it's it's a fun thing to do. It does bring up a lot of questions where one thing in Legends of Tomorrow is we never really see them worry about uh, alternate timelines that much to be honest <laughs> this is yeah. something we now. talked about I think yeah. on the flash panel on yeah. Tuesday about how they got they got real tight about Barry creating flashpoint but yeah. they seem pretty cavalier about their adventures through time they're on cha- their own show yeah. they're changing stuff all the time <laughs> on legends but they're using a fancy ship and Barry's uh, using okay, his okay. dumb feet so <laughs> Uh, you see how the you see yeah, the difference. They're yeah. so different. Well, I wonder if maybe they've got something on the wave rider, like where Gideon can be like, "Danger! You're about to leave the mission zone. Turn around. Don't yeah. create an aberration." Also, keep in mind they don't have uh, superhero ghosts on their trail, <laughs> like Barry. Yeah. Like Barry has in the past, at least that hasn't come back. But he he's got Grim Reaper flashes that <laughs> might go after him, and now. A speed god yes. that he's fighting. Yeah. yeah. So and the the wave rider doesn't have that stuff, but I kind of wish they were a bit heavier on that and <laughs> more worried about that because now there feels like they're starting to introduce the idea that Stein is real worried that the secret of his daughter is going to come out oh. to the rest of the crew. And I keep thinking they won't care. Because <laughs> yeah. no one really cares about like changing history for the most part. It seems yeah. like once the once the Flash and the Green Arrow and Supergirl all go home, they're just going to go back to partying. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, we're just going to go back to screwing up history. But that's what I love. And, you know, I don't want Barry to turn into Oliver either. And that's sort of been a little bit noticeable in the Flash this season, it getting a little bit darker in tone like Arrow. But it's mm-hmm. like what makes Barry one of my favorite is because he's like so gung-ho on everything like he is a true hero and you know same reason I like Ray Palmer and then um, Dr. Haywood is they're that geek guy that just wants to do good and I don't want that to go away like Aaron Rodriguez says no I don't want Barry to act like Oliver I don't like Oliver's personality (laughs) I couldn't agree more man I mean to be fair (laughs) not a lot of other characters seem to love Oliver all the time that's true not even Oliver not even Oliver loves himself he hates himself the most. Oh boy. Um, though I feel like Barry becoming more moody. He doesn't, not necessarily like at Oliver's level of, of uh-huh. moody, but. Not Spider Man 3 moody. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like that is kind of what made this crossover work a little better in tone than I feel like the other crossovers did. In that before, when the, when these shows, specifically Flash, premiered, it was very light. And uh, and Arrow was very dark, mm-hmm. super self serious, yeah. mm-hmm. and they've kind of like evened out so that when you when you're going from show to show, the tone can remain fairly even because these characters now have more depth and these characters are, li- are a little lighter. 
So right. I kind of like that idea. In terms of character, I do hope he does become a little more... Uh, I guess he, he comes, becomes the, the bubbly berry that we've mm. come to bubbly know. Berry. Bubbly berry. Bubbly berry. Hashtag bubbly berry. Hashtag bubbly berry. We should call him bubs for short. Yes, but Art Master Austin Prophet has a question for Tori. Is there a female equivalent of Wasp from Marvel in the DC universe that Stein's daughter could become? Not that I will, yeah. That I don't think so. Like I mean, there's, yeah. there's, she could become White Bumblebee. Yeah, that's why I was thinking it was a Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, but we just got a weird not Bumblebee in l- the last episode, right? Yeah, yeah. the yeah. the Cyber Woman. Yeah, the yeah. Cyber yeah, Woman. Yeah, uh, she was basically oh. Bumblebee, but like, but not, not. really. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Not that I could think of. Um, <laughs> but yeah. If you she stumped us, like a, actually. A, That's a good yeah, question. I know. I was like, why? We will, yeah. we will address this. We're going to convene <laughs> with Frank Moran, probably, and <laughs> then we yeah. will get back to you. This is a Frank question. So, okay, so Barry and the rest of them are told that the Dominators are here because of Flashpoint, and this is where we get into the stuff, the elements of the story that are pulled most directly from the comic. The Dominators say, you hand over the Flash to us, or we're going to detonate this meta bomb, yeah. which is going to kill all of the metahumans. In the original Invasion comic book story, a similar ultimatum was issued. It's either turn over all of your metahumans, all of your superpowered people, or we're going to gene bomb the, the bunk out of all y'all. And <laughs> Earth basically gives them the, the finger and they fight. But then a, a young upstart dominator detonates the gene bomb on his own, and what it does is basically robs the metas of their powers, if they have any, makes them fall into a coma, and then they die. Okay. So, so not great. Not really okay. what you want. Ideally, yeah, but that is the that is a, a the ultimatum that they issue here, right? It was so close to the Medusa <laughs> yeah. from Supergirl, yeah. that it was uncomfortable for me. It just it kind of felt like they either should have. I think you were talking about how yeah. like um, they should have tied them together, like made that the Medusa, yeah, or used the Medusa against them or something. That I wish there was some tie with that Supergirl episode than just. The beginning. It just made me yeah. think of that. Right. Yeah, that really would have worked out a little bit more for me as well, is to tie in Medusa, since that was sort of the beginning of the crossover. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Oh, you, son. No, you. Hey, no, you. I was going to move on a little bit. So you oh, fight about it. Okay. Fight about it. Conflict. I'm going to take this. First we fight, and then we're friends. It's like a CW show. Oh. Dominators. I I like that it was a big, giant like fake out though. I like that they're like we're gonna bomb you anyway. Yes, yeah. whether you give it to us or not. <laughs> yes, it's great. Because um, usually these things, you know, the the good guy gives himself up and then like gives them a speech about the his his virtue and they're like you're right. Maybe things aren't so bad. Maybe right. we can blah blah blah. But they're like no, we you must be stopped. We are gonna murder you. Yeah. Right. I what I loved about it yeah. was actually how they defeated the bomb, which I'm super excited about, and I wish actually Frank was here Let's, to share uh, this with me. Yeah, I'm gonna. You and I are gonna like gust simultaneously when yeah. we when we get to that. So can we get to it now? Let's just get to it now. Let's just get to it now. So we got to see Firestorm transmute, yeah. which I 
I'm curious about if there's any kind of light fans that have been watching the show and don't really know the comics who were very confused by that because mm-hmm. I feel like most people might have forgotten they have that not... Firestorm can transmute stuff. Yeah, very yeah. lightly have they set up his powers of transmutation yeah. at all. It was one episode where he yeah. turned like something else into water, it right? Was, I think it was another bomb? Yeah. Does yeah. he just he do that to bombs? He turns into bombs, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I wish... And we were talking... Uh, uh, I remember Frank mentioned earlier there's that one episode where you got to see him kind of melt... Or like, um, or hit a lot of uh, bullets, bullets that are in the like, air. Yeah, but we wish that he transmuted them into like something cool yes. to kind of show that off. And he might have done that, but it looked like he just melted them. So with fire, because you kind of feel like all of his powers are just fire related. Right. And it was nice to see him do stuff that isn't fire related because we already have heat wave. So and actually transmute a giant bomb was great. Mm. I, it was for me pure magic. I mean, yeah. it's you've got Cisco and Sarah, uh, two characters again. Like I was saying before, who's like I just I want more of them together now mm-hmm. too. Yeah, uh, hold in the Wave Rider holding this giant device while we've got Firestorm using his powers of transmutation on it to turn it into water. That's it's magic. Yeah. Yes. And literal magic. Literal magic. <laughs> and also from like a, from a writer standpoint. You have, it's nice to have like B and C stories kind yes. of help the A story by the end of it. And that doesn't always happen, especially in these CW shows. Sometimes mm-hmm. they feel like, oh, and don't forget that uh, I'm fine with you now, Supergirl. You know, that happens sometimes. But this one, you actually had Stein and thus Firestorm kind of realize that they need to kind of commit because of Stein's daughter. Yes. So it was a nice influence to be like, okay, this is, we can do this, we have to do this, I have a daughter now. And that was, it, that was actually pretty good writing. So yeah. So it was nice yeah. to see. There, uh, yeah. No, say something. I was just, okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, there was a lot of stuff in the last third of this episode that was just pure candy yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you guys about this big, giant fight sequence that we get. <laughs> Really quickly before that, we do get the scene where Barry says, I'm going to turn myself in, and everybody's like, no, Barry, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, we, we knew some version of that had to happen. Yeah. Right. I just love the what army. Like, it was so cheesy. Did you forget all just... of your friends are here? <laughs> yeah. Do we have to pose again? Okay, yeah. I guess we're going to have to all pose again. Everyone, everyone get together. Get into your spot. No. No, Firestorm's over there, Supergirl's over yeah. here. And then okay. they all said their name in order. Yep. <laughs> Don't forget, we're all in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so cheesy, but the but like perfectly cheesy yeah. in this crossover. Like, yep, there's a bunch of us. Yes. It was Mick compares them yeah. to criminals, which is very nice. Yeah, yes. I love it. Yeah. And then Barry calling it out was funny. I was like, oh, this this is so superhero-y. And then our assembled heroes fight a bunch of Dominators on a roof. Yep. So, so overall thoughts and favorite moments from this extended fight sequence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the one moment I saw, and this is, again, this is me being nitpicky, but I do feel like we had Vixen <laughs> transform into an elephant mm-hmm. or have the powers of an elephant. <laughs> Dude. And I was like, cool, this is going to be cool. And then she starts kicking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like an elephant does. Yeah. Of course. Like with cool high kicks like an elephant does. <laughs> she should be doing elephant things, right? But I guess right? maybe she's got now the proportional strength of an elephant. Yes. I guess, but I feel like, I mean, I, maybe I'm just fuzzy with how Vixen's powers work. I guess she could charge him. She could shoulder charge him. But again. yeah, I feel like if she's going to, because 
why isn't she just an? I feel like when she turns into a gorilla, she has she's able to hit people like kind of a gorilla right. and knock people aside and have really strong upper body strength. So if she's an elephant, she should be as massive, not like mm. physically massive <laughs> as an elephant, but like have the have the mass and gravity of an elephant. So, so, so maybe she'll just like hit the ground and it'll cave in well, right. or on the yeah. roof or something. Maybe there's a chance that she put all of the nanites in her mouth and then sprayed them like an elephant would from her trunk. Right, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. That seems logical. That would be perfect. So, just put her yeah. in her nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can grab things with her nose now. Right. Mm-hmm. That would that's be perfect. The, yeah, that's the elephant yeah. uh, power. That's grabbing. the elephant yeah. in the room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, indeed. Or she could just charge. She could just. Right. It could yeah. be the same power no. as the rhino and just charge. Right. You just run at him. It's the same thing. It could be scary. Um, my favorite part about this fight sequence isn't even the fight. It was the moment when Barry and Supergirl are rushing off to plant the nanites on each of the All dominators. over the globe. And uh, one, that's just phenomenal. Amazing! Um, that was cool. But also when Barry gets butt hurt because uh, <laughs> Felicity was like, Supergirl will do it. It's, specifically, this looks like a job for, for Supergirl. Supergirl. Yes. Yes. And that, that was so adorable. And Lex did his best Felicity just a second ago. That was so awesome. That was so awesome. <laughs> oh, also Flash. Also meant yeah, for Supergirl and yeah, Flash. That, that was mm-hmm. also a great moment for Felicity. I thought that was great. <laughs> did, did anyone else notice, or is it just me, though, when you've got... okay. So so when the, fir- the fight first begins mm-hmm. and we've got our heroes running at the aliens and they hit, the shot that we get is almost exactly the shot from Captain America Civil War <laughs> when the two sides hit each other, except instead mm-hmm. of pushing forward through them, we're pulling back through them. Mm-hmm. Right. I think you get, I think it's the, it's the two, two page panel. Yes. You know, I think that's what we're looking at and it's just kind of. It kind of just looks like that. <laughs> well, oh yeah, and that's not a not a criticism. No. That's not to say how dare they how dare do they? that thing that the other thing did. No, I yeah. loved it. Oh yeah, and I love every moment in this crossover shows where they they do tag team stuff. Yes, like yeah. whenever they have um, Supergirl throw someone and then the flashlight clothesline them, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I I love every every time they do stuff. It's like just that. cute, like tag. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to pretend that when Oliver's falling off of the building and Kara catches him, I didn't get a little glassy-eyed. Yeah, I oh, love yeah. that, because she's like, yeah, I did it. Mm. Like, yeah. that, But again, like this stuff is, it's candy, but like it's straight-up magic for me, and like moments like that. Right. It's like, we couldn't have, I don't know about you guys, I couldn't have imagined that this was going to be the story they were telling on the CW even a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's bonkers. I I am glad this is this is moving ahead a little bit, but I do I'm glad I had my moment and I was like they better make a meta Brandon Routh yes. Superman yes. joke. We finally get our Superman Returns joke. I was it, so it, happy. It took a while, but I'm like I I was like what like at, at the Flash episode I'm like you missed it. You missed him going like, he could have at least said, oh, that's a cool costume. I would love to be in that. That's a much better costume than the one I have on currently. Something like that. Um, but instead, it, I love the, they actually did it really well when she dresses up as that. And then he says, oh, she kind of looks like my cousin. Although, it happens right after Felicity's like, she looks just like me. And then Brandon Rose's like, she looks it's like my cousin. my cousin. Remember? They were in a relationship for quite a while. Yeah, I actually just reminded still prefer of that. them to be together. But there is that yeah. moment where they both react like, 
oh, wait a minute. And you could read it as we're reacting to the fact that we just did a meta joke, or you could read it as we're reacting to the fact that you just said, I look a lot like your cousin. Your cousin, yeah. then we're, yeah. Yeah. But okay, so I love the fact that we actually take the time in this episode to wrap things up. Yes. We, we beat back the Dominators, they actually retreat, they're leaving Earth, and we get to have a fun party. Yeah. We also get a, 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 a hero ceremony where we meet the new president. And we get a lady president on this earth as well. Yeah, that's and really yeah. nice. That makes me very happy. Yeah, it's nice to get a lady a president black somewhere. black lady yeah. president. Yes. Yeah. And the best part is, like, Mick's like, is it just me or is she hot to Sarah? And she's like, she's hot. <laughs> I, I love them growing out. Like, they need to be best friends. Like, And, and she needs to be his wingman. Yeah. I, I do think, though, my favorite mm. Mick moment in this episode is at the end when they're mm. saying goodbye to Kara. He says, Skirt, call me. Call me. And then we just hold, we cut to a shot of Kara's reaction, and she looks genuinely upset back then. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was so good in this whole crossover, yeah. just seeing her react to everyone and having her. She does a great job of being really optimistic, but still fun and not. Yes. not still a human, but very. Someone who's who's um, bubbly and positive all the time. Yeah, that's what I like about Supergirl. Is it's sort of taken on the tone as when um, Flash first started as that that positive, real hero. I yeah. mean, Kara is probably you know objectively the greatest hero there is because she's truly selfless. Yeah. And so far, hasn't really screwed that much up. But you know, we're only on season two. Yeah. Well, the uh, one thing she did screw up yeah. was uh, referring to everyone as Earth's mightiest heroes. Am I right? The yeah. next yeah. crossover is them going to be fighting litigation from the Walt Disney Corporation. <laughs> I know, Zach was already tweeting about that, our Marvel guy here at After Buzz, and I was like, shots fired. It's like, Uh-oh. yeah, that's right. Burn! <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised they didn't, because they kept hanging out of the Star Labs warehouse that they kept having. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was definitely become going to become the Justice League. Yeah, they. I well, think they it's, it is the, to Hall, it, of the Hall of Justice. Hall of yeah. Justice. And they say it's a hall yeah. that Star Labs owns, but they yeah. never say Hall of Justice. No, I think we'll get there. Okay, yeah. maybe like season fourteen. Hopefully, if they're able to get because there's still the Justice League movie coming on, I bet there's still some trouble there. Right. I do mm-hmm. like before we totally move on. Oh, one one thing in this scene is I like that Supergirl becomes Spider-Gwen of this universe. Yes, they yeah. basically give her a little device so that she can jump back and forth between the dimensions whenever yeah, she needs to. which is great. And I, I like that because it means there can be more crossovers without yes. it being a whole whole hoopla, which is, which is cool. And oh. also, in a previous episode, I want to talk about this in the Legends, uh, that we have Baby Sisko redoing the Atom suit... Which is nice to hear. Yes. And maybe we'll get a better Adam suit. It will make you and Frank very happy. I don't think it's going to be a belt. I don't think it's going to be a belt in spandex like I want it to be. But I think it will be maybe at least a better design. You know I want the belt in spandex. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we are running low on time. But Kara does return home after, Mm -hmm. though, telling Agent Smith that she got him sent Mm -hmm. off to Antarctica. And he goes, grumble, 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 grumble. But I'm old. I'm going to die there. Uh, Dig Dig doesn't necessarily explicitly forgive Barry for gender swapping his daughter through time travel. But he does impart the message that he has to learn how to forgive himself, which is more important. And then we get this last scene, which is Oliver and Barry hanging out, having a beer. I loved this. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah, it was nice. At first I was a little like, oh, they're not giving, they should give it to the Legends of Tomorrow because it's the Legends of Tomorrow Mm -hmm. show. Why don't they have the last word? But it was nice, and it was really, that's, 
they are the captains and leaders of this of this universe. So it was nice to see them have a powwow right at the end. And I loved the idea that they've both seen what their lives could be if it wasn't this, and they realize it wouldn't be this wouldn't be worth it. That actually made me like the Arrow episode a lot more. Yes. Because mm-hmm. to me that episode was kind of it was just the Supergirl episode that was that Alan Moore story mm. and it was it kind of felt like, you know, that they're just exploring the best the best possible scenario, so it didn't seem that unique to me. But as soon as I realized in and in this scene that they both have seen kind of the the brighter side, the greener side, that was kind of nice. That was nice. Yeah, and I, I will say too that final toast between the two of them to things not being normal, to life being full. Mm-hmm. I got glassy eyed again. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did. Okay, so that's that's the crossover, and we are running super low on time, but I really quickly want to get everybody's thoughts on this episode, final thoughts, and final thoughts on the CWDC crossover as a whole. Go right. This was definitely the best uh, crossover. I know, you know, now that we have all four shows, they were actually able to give um, a good service, spread it out, you know, on three and, you know, a quarter of a night um, with the Supergirl one, but it set it up really well. And I just have to say, good job, DC. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Slow clap. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, no one joined me. It just got really weird, like, not another team over here. Um... I know, I agree. Like, the the way this was executed with all the episodes uh, and all the different shows, having mysteries that they could reveal in this crossover mm-hmm. was a really good way of having actual stakes in the crossover. Like, uh, the, the previous ones were kind of just one-off things that happened. But these allowed us to, like, really have a through line that also affects everything that happens um, following the crossovers, right. which is really nice. Um... And I I loved just how fun everything was. It was it you got to experience. I say this all the time, but like you got to experience these these comics that you 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 grow up with in in real life, and you see you you feel them, and you have this uh, visceral reaction, m- much like uh, Lex always does. With where, and the internet is screaming <laughs> for those videos, by the way. Yeah, because they're <laughs> they're great. One one day it will happen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I will watch this again, uh, yeah. probably multiple times, because uh, it, it, it sits up by itself as well. Yeah, I thought it was good. I like that they built up to it in the previous episodes, like, before even the crossover was happening. Uh, I like that it was a built up, and, um, the one, the one criticism I have is I feel like the Flash episode felt rushed to me. And I feel like they were trying to get to the meat of it, and then Arrow felt like its own thing, and this one actually was well-paced out and had a feeling of pacing, and I wish all the episodes kind of felt like that, and maybe they could have done that if they had more of a crossover episode with Supergirl. They could have expanded more, but it was still great. I still had a lot of fun, especially in this episode, Um, so I liked it, and I can't wait till they do it again. I want them to do it like every year. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you guys. I honestly I loved it. Um, it's interesting. A lot of people have a lot of different opinions about what DC's doing at the movies, but <laughs> I don't know how mad you could possibly be if you are mad when you've got DC doing what they're doing now on TV. Right. What Marvel's given me at the cinema, DC is giving me in my home weekly, which yeah. is which is bonkers to me. They've yeah. created a TV experience that is so akin to reading 
seeing a comic book crossover event. That is so exciting to me personally. And I, I think uh, DC movies, they tend to be deconstructing their characters. I think DC TV shows are really building their heroes up. And I love it. Makes me insanely happy. So yeah. yes, big thumbs up all around. Big thumbs yes. up. Indeed. Good. And that is going to do it for our Legends mm-hmm. of Tomorrow after show this week and for our discussions of the DC CW crossover. We will be back next week to talk about the mid-season finale. But in the meantime, where can everybody find you guys online? Well, you can find me at MRDaveChild or DaveChild.com because my name is Dave Child. <laughs> and you can find me at Tari J T A R I J A Y. Since I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. Frank Moran will be back with us next week, we hope, if the Dominators let him go. Yeah. Tweet him at Happy Go Jackie. We will see you back here next week to talk about the midseason finale. We're very excited. We love you. Good night. I won't be. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Hashtag Steinpoint. Bunch of steel. From executive producures, the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 